Hi, folks. For this podcast today at Accorn, we have uh, Graham Luby, our vice president in charge of service delivery strategy. Ultimately, Graham's responsible for all the work we do for clients, planning for, designing, building, marketing, and maintaining e-commerce websites and connected systems, everything we do for our clients. The purpose of this podcast today is talk about what we are calling self-service B2B e-commerce, which is not an app, an extension, or a plug-in, or a specific piece of functionality, but really it's an approach and a set of tools we use at Acorn to make the experience on B2B e-commerce websites better, more automated, and more self-serving for the primary users of them, including both the merchants and the customers. So, uh, Graham, we wanted to start out today by talking about, generally speaking, the differences between B2C and B2B e-commerce that we see with our client assignments. So uh, maybe just um, talk a little bit about that and some of the general differences in requirements and e-commerce experiences that we're seeing today here in 2020 between B2B and B2C? So in a nutshell, B2B is a lot more complex than B2C. And it builds on B2C from an experience standpoint. You know, most customers today shop in their personal lives. Well, frankly, everybody shops in their personal lives online okay. in that fashion. And there's a certain expectation of, of what that means. And there's a certain expectation of the ease of use and the, the design and the ability to find products and, and see what's going on that people have become attuned to from their shopping with Amazon and Walmart and Nike and Allbirds and a, and a host of other brands. So as a starting point, B2B has those expectations that they need to meet. On top of that, between organizations, there are a lot of additional rules that typically come into play when, when selling to B2B. There are negotiated price lists, there are approved selections, there are purchasing on credit terms. So there, there's a lot more that comes into play on, on a B2B site than on a, a typical B2B, uh, sorry, B2C site. I see. So the way you're, you're, the way you're talking about the, the context here, it seems like, and we, we talk about this a lot with, with B2B merchants and their e-commerce um, problems that we're trying to solve. The, the B2B buyers are looking more for experiences that are like B2C websites. But then in addition to that, the B2B merchants and their customer relationships have a level of complexity <clears throat> that can be very different for every business in, in B2B. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and no two B2B companies are going to be the same either. You know, most B2Cs have a very relatively similar sets of features and functionality that they they want. With B2B, you get into a lot of different nuances based on industries, based on back-end systems, based on business processes and workflows. So that, that adds complexity to any project. So um, let's, let's dig into that a little bit. Um, what industries and what types of companies are we seeing and uh, others even outside of our client base that, that can benefit from this concept of self-service B2B e-commerce? So taking a couple of clients as examples, one is a uh, device and, and software developer focused on the restaurant industry. 
And for them, they've historically had a sales force that goes after larger accounts. They're using self-service B2B to focus on smaller restaurants, maybe one, two, three location restaurants that can self-serve themselves. They don't need a salesperson to sell them on the products and the services. They're able to go in by themselves, select the products with, with sufficient tools and complete a transaction. So that's one okay. example. Right. That's a, that sounds very much like almost like a B2C use case. Um, it is it is potentially like a B2C, but the, but the products that they have to purchase typically have multiple different configurations. So oh, the, the B2B experience needs to support that. It's not just adding a pair of shoes to the car. You have to have different compatibilities and subscriptions that all, all come in together. Right. The second example is a large distributor of medical supplies. They're a global sorry, a, a national organization. They have customers that are national in nature and they have a, their customers typically have distributed purchasing. So each individual location is able to purchase the products or the supplies and the refills that they need. So they have to build that into their e-commerce experience, but have it all under a single umbrella of e-commerce for them. So like a, a, a spa that has multiple locations, um, a healthcare facility that has uh, 20 offices in a region. It's that type of thing. That's exactly it, where you might have a centralized purchasing organization, but then each of the, each of the locations are responsible for buying the supplies that they're running out of because you've got purchasing clerks in those locations or an office manager that know what's needed better than any centralized purchasing group will ever have. But the centralized purchasing group can put in place the rules and the processes and get the negotiated rates uh, that everybody can then buy against and, and benefit from. So, so that means that a B2B merchant might have uh, a, a number of or many uh, company customers that have a lot of people within them that are, that are making purchases from, from the e-commerce website, right? Yeah, and that's a big difference between B2B and B2C. So in B2C, you've typically got an individual that has an account that they log in and then purchases against. For a lot of the B2B companies that we work with, they sell to companies. Those custom companies may then have one or more individuals within their company that's responsible for doing purchasing, and they need their own accounts for accountability and approvals and, and a variety of other rules uh, and reasons. So um, we do a lot of work with Magento 2, and I, I believe both the examples that you referred to are are, are on Magento 2. The um, the the concept. Can, can you talk a little bit about the the concept of um, the company as a customer? But then beyond that, how does Magento help to solve for some of that complexity with um, the the roles and permissions aspect? of uh, Magento 2, which is which is out-of-the-box B2B uh, functionality, isn't it, with Magento 2? Magento 2 Commerce has the B2B module that supports right. a lot of the functionality we're, require, um, we're, we're talking about right now. And so not community edition. This is, we're talking about the, the paid license version of Magento 2. That is correct. Yeah, so within, within Magento 2, there is a lot of great B2B functionality 
Adobe has clearly done a major investment in building out the product and the product footprint with a, an eye towards B2B. So when they were uh, launched over the last year plus, there's been a constant rollout of new B2B related features and features for more complex e-commerce situations. So they're in Magento 241, which is the most recent release right now. You've got a big new feature around purchase order approvals. Those purchase order approvals layer on top of an existing B2B capability called company hierarchies. So you can create company accounts and, and users within those accounts. And now you're able to create purchasing rules for those users in their accounts. So for example, if the order is under $1,000, it can be placed by a clerk. If it's over $1,000, it has to go to a director. If it's over $10,000, it has to go to a vice president. And all of those rules can now be built into Magento uh, or built in Magento. I see. So it's, it's so it's almost like the B2B merchant can create a, a a pretty robust purchasing system within the e-commerce website, whereby that company customer can give all kinds of people within the organizations different levels of purchasing authorization based on based on this functionality. Yes, absolutely. So not only do you have a a hierarchy structure within companies that you can configure. From a technical side, Magento has built a framework that you can actually add security tasks as well uh, that don't exist. Uh, so you can extend Magento to add additional rules and purchasing structures if you if you need to for your uh, processes. And it comes with a lot out the box already. So um, <clears throat> really quickly, just touching on the the, the health the healthcare um, distributor that you talked about earlier on, I, um, I believe you mentioned in the, in our in our pre-podcast discussions that they they have a number of brands, um, and um, I, I believe you said that they're all running um, on an instance of Magento 2 uh, Commerce Edition, and um, so I would imagine that if this is the type of complexity by that's multiplied times five, they're really able to simplify and make a lot more efficient um, the process of managing these customers so long as they can get this into place and get the managers of each of these businesses, each whom have a different storefront, trained and up and running on this type of system. Is that right? Is efficiency the big benefit? Yeah, there is a lot of benefit in the efficiency. So there, there are really two sides of it. Number one is efficiency. How is it? How can they move customers from faxes and emails and calls to place orders and move that out to the actual customers, which reduces work internal on their call system, uh, their call center. It also helps to ensure that the products that are getting ordered are definitely the right ones. The second side of those really around uh, stickiness. So being able to make it easier for customers to buy and build their internal processes around that purchasing cycle, which makes it more difficult for those customers to leave. There's also on top of it, they do negotiated contracts for products. And with the Magento functionality, all of those price books and, and company-specific contracts are configured and set up. And, and at 
and at scale because this customer has over 750,000 accounts in Magento. So it's, it's really wow. a scale. So um, thinking, thinking about how this customer may have done business uh, before e-commerce or before this version of Magento 2, it's the faxes, it's the phone calls, it's, it's that efficiency plus the ability to lock in their customers with a really efficient buying process that's really the, the, the benefit here. Um, but also, you mentioned a, a large number of, of accounts. They can, with this type of system, they can handle and set up every type of business account from the one-person doctor's office to the major chain of hospitals and all do it within one system, correct? That is correct, yeah. So beyond the, the, um, the, the core benefits of the B2B functionality within Magento 2, I know that um, we have developed some extensions, including shared requisition lists, the company address book, previously purchased products, and then um, also the, the, the integrator and OneView. These are extensions to Magento that we've used to help our clients really achieve this level of self-service that they're seeing a real huge benefit from. Can you talk a little about a little bit about which ones of these you think are really the the, the best drivers of this self-service concept? Anytime you're doing e-commerce at scale and have back-end systems that you have to integrate into, the flow of data between the e-commerce system and the back-end system, ERP or 3PL, uh, whatever it may be, is going to be critical. So the more you can streamline those flows, the better. And when you get into the B2B world and you want to be able to present invoices to customers or you want to be able to show real-time updates to their credit online or be able to have them do self-service RMAs or self-service acknowledgement of shipments, then you need to have powerful integrations between Magento and those systems. And we've built the integration module to support that. So at scale, our customers are able to run hundreds and thousands of orders a month through the systems with right. a lot of error trapping and um, logging. Right. That one's uh, called called the integrator. If uh, listeners want to uh, look at your website at acorn.com and learn a little bit more about it, see some screenshots, correct? The integrator. That is correct. There are also other features that are more visible to end customers, such as the company address book or shared requisition list or previously purchased items that help improve the customer experience. So if you're a B2B company and you're buying products, orders are, are definitely important as a construct of what of the products that you buy in an order. But very often, when somebody's in a B2B setting, they want to see what the last product they bought was and simply add that to the cart in whatever quantity that they're looking for. And that's where the previously purchased functionality comes in. It essentially takes all of your orders and presents them as, as a list of products rather than a list of orders. I see. Can you talk a little bit about uh, company address book? Um, that one's uh, I'm particularly fond of, given some experience I have with uh, the retail industry. Yeah, so in Magento, every user can have their own address book. That's great for B2C 
and used extensively. But if you get into a B2B setting, the company's ship-to addresses or billing addresses are well-known beforehand. So if you've got 100-plus locations, you want to have those location addresses in, in a centralized address book rather than having a clerk in each location having to re-enter it and potentially make mistakes and so forth. So the company address book layers on top of Magento Commerce and adds an additional set of functionality around address book management and centralized address books. So it's really, it's it's that that little extension, which I love, is just, is not only a, a nice little piece of functionality, but it's also leveraging the uh, out-of-the-box components of Magento B2B and just extending it further to really make it practical for an organization like a, like a, in a retail setting that really needs to control where shipments are being sent. That is correct. Can you talk about the purchase order approval module that is now, as of just a month or so ago, um, new with uh, Magento uh, 2.4? That's also, I would think, a really big part of this self-service concept, isn't it? It is. And it was announced in Amsterdam last November. Really big addition to Magento's commerce footprint. And what it allows is companies to set up rules and automations where different levels of approval processes can be uh, created before an order is placed. So a clerk can place an order and if it triggers any of the approval rules, it then gets sent to a manager for them to um, approve before the final order gets placed, either as a credit card or as a open account order. That's that's great. That's fantastic. I I would bet that um, for for a lot of companies that are just used to sending uh, purchase order numbers around or faxing them um, or dealing with paper and um, phone calls, that that's going to be a really big part of making the purchasing process uh, more efficient for for those types of organizations. One thing we haven't touched on yet is um, the uh, the user interface or the the, the experience the design of um, the user experience. I know that uh, we've, do, we've done a little bit with some of the Magento themes to, um, to, to, to make that uh, B2B buying experience more self-service. And that's, that's a big part of it too, isn't it? Aren't there a lot of opportunities to really customize the interface so that um, a merchant can give a B2B buyer the type of experience that allows them to do more on their own without making phone calls and faxes and, and emails? Yeah, the, because it's in a business setting, we tend to see more desktop B2B users than we see mobile, but that, that's shifting a little bit, but definitely not at the level of mobile adoption that B2C customers are. But there's still an expectation, even in the B2B world, that there's a lot of functionality which you need to give customers. They expect good searching. They expect filtering of products. They expect easy access to their information and checkout processes and safeguards. And a lot of the other details that you've come to expect from a B2C experience translates into, into B2B. And, and today what we're starting to see is some of the more innovative companies starting to look at ways that they can go beyond and provide more functionality. So for example, uh, be able to take a picture of a specific part 
for an a piece of equipment, and that identifies what the part is and allows the user to add that to the cart. That's typically going to be a, through a mobile form factor, which implies that it's either PWA or it is an application that is part of the e-commerce footprint. That's great. So in, in closing here, we're starting to run out of time. Um, just wanted to get your opinion about um, the, the, the growth of B2B self-service and the fact that there are still a number of manufacturers and distributors that are maybe still on first-generation e-commerce websites, um, or maybe they haven't even um, moved into e-commerce yet. But um, there's really a, a lot of opportunity for them to uh, to to create a self-service e-commerce experience relatively quickly. We're talking months, not years here, and really um, help propel them to an either a, a period where they're much more solvent because they have a real good functioning e-commerce website or get on a growth path that can have a really nice trajectory. So your thoughts on uh, the types of companies that um, you think still have an opportunity here. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's not too late in the game to get going, is it? Absolutely not. And in fact, if for companies that want to stay in the game, they need to be evaluating their e-commerce strategy and, and how they're going to take advantage of it because in all likelihood their, their competitors are, and if not their competitors, other uh, companies in tangential spaces are potentially doing it. There's just so much going on in the e-commerce space, both B2B as well as B2C, that any company that doesn't have a solid strategy and isn't executing on it needs to get moving quickly. And the robustness of platforms like Magento make it feasible to get a proof of concept up and running pretty quickly. So there's no time like the present to, to get going. That's great. Well, we've run out of time here on this podcast, but uh, plenty of discussions also to be had. You can visit our website at acorin, A-C-C-O-R-I-N.com, or give us a call uh, with the contact information available there. Thanks for tuning in today or anytime, and we look forward to seeing you on another podcast soon. Thank you so much.